and welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. This is Corey and Jeremy. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. How's it going, Corey? How we doing? Good, man. Um, I'm a little bit tired, to be honest, um, but things are good. I had, um, I wanted to tell you, I had my first triangular, wait, no, tri, triang, triagonal, triagonal <laughs> sandwich today. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thanks for sharing, man. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, where at? At my house, my own house. I'm yeah. I'm confused. So you've never cut it that way before? No. You you've had a triagonal. This is my <laughs> first time. Yeah, but I would never think that's like worth sharing. Like. Okay. Well, what's a triagonal sandwich to you? Uh, one that you cut like at an angle. That's that diagonal. Oh, I'm with you. Okay, I'm not with you actually. Triagonal, bro. It's oh, a whole new world. Triangle. It's not, so yeah, try it. Okay, so normally, right, so uh, we made PB&Js for lunch today, which was clutch. Nice. I had some raspberry jam and peanut butter. That's and depressing. Monique was like, do you want it down the middle or a diagonal? I was like, diagonal, of course, because I'm not a psychopath. But then I was like, wait a second, what if you could do triagonal? <laughs> and she's like, how would you do that? And so you just, um, you would cut one half like you would just straight down the middle. Okay. Um, like you would for like a normal sandwich, like a turkey sandwich mm-hmm. or whatever. But then from that middle point, then you'd go to the corners of the sandwich. Oh, so a bunch of little, little like four pieces. No, three triagonal. No. So then it splits it into thirds. Okay, so you have. So like you cut right, it in half. You cut it. No, no, no. But you cut it in half just to the middle of the oh, sandwich. Oh, got it. Okay. And then from the middle, you, you cut it to the oh. other um, angle or to the other yeah, other no, corners. I'm with you. Makes sense. And you get a triagonal sandwich. That's cool. I feel like that's like, it would feel smaller, you know, like bite size. It did a little bit. Yeah. It was kind of weird. <laughs> um, but it was a new experience and I was proud of myself. Well, I'm glad. So. Uh, for lunch, I had tri-tip, <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> Interesting. And, and broccoli. Yeah, it was great. Wow. That sounds really good. It was leftover from last night. Oh, cool. But yeah, we had tri-tip for the, I think the first time we've made that. It was good. I forget yeah. what tri-tip is. Like I've had it, honestly. but I'm saying like since being married, like, you know, we, uh, yeah, we made it. It's nice. Congrats. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> freaking Trump your PB&J, dude. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> now I feel down with my triagonal sandwich. Okay. You'll no, get there. Things are good. Monique and I are leaving to New York and Boston tomorrow. So going to take a week. Going to work a little bit. Um, and I'm going to a marketing conference too. But um, I'm super stoked because it'll be our first time in the Big Apple. You've never been? No. Mm-hmm. Not that cool. What? I don't. I feel like when you went with. With John, yeah, I had you a good were time. Like obsessed with it. What Boston? I was obsessed. I love Boston, New okay. York. I'm not great. I've been there, I think, three times now. Um, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's not my. It's not my vibe. It's like mm. super, 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 like crazy busy. A lot of people. Right. Right. Uh, really dirty and yeah. just big. And I don't know. It's not bad. I just I don't love it. Um, so I don't want to go back for a while. Like I'm set. Okay. But I want to go to I want to go back to Boston and, and actually back to Chicago. Chicago is like a Ooh, smaller, I love Chicago. like a small, clean version of New York. I think. Yeah. And uh, I like I like it more. So. Yeah, I'm interested to see because that's what everyone says is like Chicago is a small New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Chicago once. I was there for like 24 hours basically, and I didn't get to see enough. Um, but I know Monique's really excited to see New York, and um, it's been on our bucket list for a while. So now we finally get to do that's it. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll be here working, so have fun, man. You have fun too, dude. <laughs> I'll I'll send you a report on how it goes. Yeah, It'll be really cool. Awesome. Well, um, today we're talking about a subject that, to be honest, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit nervous about. Um, 
I I felt like it would be good to talk about just because um, it's a little bit outside of the sphere of kind of what we normal normally talk about a little bit. Um, but also it's just really relevant to today and what's going on. Um, so how, how, oh, sorry, we're, we're talking about guns, I guess, like we can't really call it like gun control cause that would like kind of pigeonhole us into one side or the other. Um, but basically the role of gun ownership, uh, or yeah, gun ownership, I guess would be a good, good kind of mm-hmm. categorization. Um, I follow Lecrae on Facebook of all places. I don't, I think it was like even like seventh grade Corey. Yeah. Well now like freshman Corey, when I came to my few, my first future quest, maybe I forget the last time you played there. Um, but I followed them there and I saw this post. And so I'm going to read it really quick. Cause I think it kind of sets the, sets the stage um, for, and kind of was the impetus to me wanting to talk about this. So he says, I'm going to risk being misunderstood here by being transparent. I could have just posted a quote, pray for hashtag, but I'm hoping to see the fruit of these prayers. I'm really trying to wrap my head around what's happening in El Paso and Ohio, one day apart in the same country. We have two mass shootings with over 30 lives lost. I don't claim to have a wide view on the policies around gun control, but I'm a Texas born kid. I've used guns, bought guns and owned guns. But if I had to give up that right to keep kids from mourning their parents, I would. Oh, from keep kids from mourning. Okay. Uh, Maybe that has legal implications. I'm not aware of or have thought through. Uh, I can grasp that evil exists in this world, but I struggle knowing that this type of thing keeps happening. What's the solution? Question mark. Um, so first, I thought it was just like a really good, um, like unbiased kind of like thought to share, especially given like his platform. And we're going to be talking a little bit later, probably on our next episode about Christian public figures a little bit. Um, but I feel like he's always done a good job of being very like, you know, non-polarizing having a good discussion, like facilitating, you know, basically topics and things that actually are worthwhile and not just kind of like blasting his opinion out there. Um, but I don't know. I, it, it really got me thinking, like, especially when he talked about, uh, you know, I've used guns, bought guns, owned guns, but I've had to give up that right to keep kids from warning their parents. I think he meant to keep parents from warning their kids. Maybe it was a typo on his end. Um, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, I don't know if I've really, thought of that by, about it that way and he framed it in a, in a curious way so i just wanted to talk about gun ownership which is a little bit scary because <laughs> it's uh it's a very polarizing topic yeah um well surprisingly i honestly don't have like a super super strong opinion either way um if like most topics we talk about like i i'll glance at it and say yeah here's how i how i feel but this one i'm kind of like a bit more like neutral like i don't know i just don't um like what's that one saying like i don't have a chicken in this fight or a dog in this fight whatever. right right yeah like I, I don't own a gun never had a gun yeah i've shot guns like once in my life like i just i, I haven't had a lot of, of experience with them and right. so that's like my initial thoughts but like i know like it's obviously an issue hmm. um i think like in a nutshell i feel like overall like in life like less government control like less government like say in my life the better and so that being said like my first thought is like I don't want to be told like that I cannot own a gun if I want to, you know? Yeah. Um, that's honestly like my only like initial thought that I have. That's mm. really it. Yeah. And as we talk about it, obviously more will come out, but yeah. So, I mean, we, I think we, we both tend to lean a little bit more conservatively. And mm-hmm. like you said, that's, those are kind of like the, the worldview that we come at with most things is like less government yeah. kind of the better. Um, and so with this, it's especially with, 
a lot of other people's opinions and things that we've heard and kind of digested over time, I think it'd be pretty easy to have like a, a default stance. Um, I think, so to be honest, kind of where I'm at a little bit, I feel like I've historically been a little bit more extremely opinionated about it of like, uh, absolutely no one should, you know, take away a civilian's right to own or use a gun. Um, and I feel like I've veered a little bit more towards the middle, especially as kind of all this has happened. Um, and Monique's kind of challenged me on that too. Not that she, you know, either, uh, you know, goes on, on either way either. We're, we're both kind of like at this stage now where we're kind of trying, trying to rethink things. And if anything else, I think that maybe it's a good discussion to have around like not just holding on to things because that's what you've always thought and believed, but holding on to them because it's the right thing for this time or because like that's what you've come to the conclusion of, not someone else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's, I think there, it's pretty easy to just like, latch on to what someone else has said before and be like, Oh, well, I trust them or like that makes sense. And then like kind of moved on. And, but now you hold that opinion really strongly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes sense. Do you, um, like what, I guess what has caused you to kind of change like your mindset besides her, her challenging you or like, uh, like recent events? Yeah. I, I will admit also that, so Twitter is like the place where I'm most active and, uh, 99% of the people that I follow on Twitter, um, are from more of like a tech kind of background, which is usually a little bit more like liberal leaning, um, maybe a little bit more like democratic. Uh, and so I see like a lot of those views too. And it's also just kind of dominated in the meeting. I mean, I think like, how could you ignore a lot of the mass shootings that have mm-hmm. happened? You know what I mean? Like it's just been a thing that's happened over and over again in the last two or three years, probably is mm-hmm. when it's been more evident. And it just, you just start to think about it after a while too, you know? So maybe where, where we can start the conversation is, I don't know, it, it, that's, I think that's one of the hard things to talk about is like, usually we would start with something like, well, what does the Bible say? <laughs> you know? Like there's no thou shalt not operate or own a gun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, where do you start with something like this from a biblical perspective? Mm, I have the answer for you. Really? No, of oh, course I don't. It. No, um, I mean, as you were talking, this doesn't really relate or answer what you just asked me, but I, I was thinking about this kind of like, I don't know, like you, you know, all the mass shootings, like what's going on. And I think that kind of where we start is, okay, like what is the solution? How do we fix this? And it seems like the two most popular like answers are like either for, you know, gun rights. People say, hey, if, you know, if, if people have guns and right to own and, you know, the right to carry, then they could defend someone with, you know, who wanted to come and murder, you know, bunch of people in like a public place and then the other side of it is um if people did not could not own guns then uh, this wouldn't be a problem you know that's kind of like the two issues we see and it it kind of reminds you of like the analogy or thinking of like when you go when you're feeling sick and you go to see like a doctor like they, they don't necessarily like treat uh like they kind of they recommend treatment based off of symptoms right they don't actually know for the most part what's happening but they see right. symptoms and from the symptoms they say okay here are possible things you might be experiencing and uh, i'm not sure why that kind of came to my head i just feel like i guess my overall thought is like i don't think there is like a, a like a starting place there isn't like mm-hmm. a here is the exact issue going on with you know here's how we solve it but i think there's more of like we can kind of see the symptoms yeah. and try to figure out how to how to solve it um 
Sorry for not answering your question. But that's no, well, kind of what came in my head, and yeah, maybe we can um, start with a couple of disclaimers because <clears throat> I don't think that our goal here is even like have an answer. Neither of us are going. Well, to I have think one. like most topics, that's kind of yeah. Just like disclaimer from it. now on, <laughs> yeah. we, we never said, have yeah. the answer. Um, but the goal is just to have like an open and honest conversation. And what I would hope from this episode is that for you listening, that you would have maybe a more open mind about it, and then seek to understand instead of seek to be understood i think that's maybe a good way to like kind of come at it is like just you know rethink things a little bit maybe just have a little bit more empathy and understanding for both sides and um a more and seek to have a more biblical view of it as well just like we are so disclaimer we're not gonna have the answers whatever we talk about here is just an open and honest conversation hopefully it's edifying and helpful we'd love to hear your thoughts also you can challenge us you're welcome to um, take a breath, do. Corey. Take a breath. Okay, cool. Again, like I said, it's it's nerve wracking talking about something like this because it's very polarizing. Um, but neither of us own guns. Um, we've both. Which, by the way, how did you know that? Because I, I saw that in your notes, but you don't I feel like if you if you own a gun, you would have told me. <laughs> like, sure. Oh, dude, look at this. Look, thing. Like, look, look at my gat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you would have a Gatling gun. I'm not a Gatling, uh, dude. Just P ninety. P ninety, bro. No. Uh, about their yeah. Call of Duty guns we might know of. <laughs> um, so we don't, yeah, we don't have like a stake in this, right? Um, I think that's maybe a good place to start. But one of the things I was thinking about uh, that might be useful for us to go through is since there isn't like, again, like a biblical place to start, we can go through some of the pros and cons. But one of the other things I was thinking about when you were, when you were talking about the, like the doctor analogy I think that is a really good analogy because a lot of times you don't know until you look deeper Mm -hmm. until you like, you, you know, you get the MRI scan or you do the blood test or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. For the most part, people will just go based off this off of the symptoms. And similarly here, we see a mass shooting of, you know, 15 people dead, five people dead, you know, 30 people injured, whatever it is. And that's kind of like a symptom. It's a surface issue. Um, But like what's happening at the core, like why are these things even happening in mm-hmm. the first place? Um, and one of the things I, I sort of get the feeling about and that I, I have a hunch about this whole issue of gun ownership and mass shootings and basically like homicide by gun uh, in general is that there's really no like perfect solution mm-hmm. and really how we should be maybe like more fervently pursuing this kind of issue isn't from like a legal perspective, but more of a spiritual perspective. Yeah. Like a heart. Yeah. Of like, like, mind, like a mind issue. And to be honest, I don't feel like our nation is in like a super good place spiritually at all. I feel like things are still very much kind of like on the decline. Mm-hmm. Um, what's with what's being taught in public schools, colleges, um, from my, again, from my biased perspective too, like in the tech world, which is like growing rapidly and also like dominating and, 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 uh, and creating a lot of jobs and, and markets, uh, is, has traditionally been very liberal. And so I, I feel like that, um, that's also been infl- influencing things. Um, I don't know. Do you think that there is like a spiritual aspect to it or like how, how much does it actually play into yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that like the thought I started to share about the uh, doctor analogy, I don't think I like, wrapped it up well but i think you just kind of like brought it full more full circle and um <clears throat> so yeah i mean i think like that is the starting place like looking at 
like what um sorry max is so distracting hey maxie you're so cute <laughs> my dog um <laughs> dude get down bro jeremy's okay. dog everybody it's going crazy um we need to refocus okay yeah i think that is kind of the starting spot of like you know there's a mass shooting right and we can look at the symptoms kind of look about look at what's going on at the surface i think like it's not either of those two like uh you know what i said about like uh you know gun ownership or not having guns i think it's really like the people like the person that is committing like right. that crime like yeah. there is like a societal like issue there's something going on like in that person's mind in his heart which is causing it and so um i think that's kind of the starting place like it's not the answer probably shouldn't be hey let's take away all the guns or hey like, let's you know reinforce gun ownership but more of like okay what's like behind who's using the weapon like what why is this happening mm-hmm. that's like a common argument like you, we've heard that before yeah um, i think that's the starting place yeah something i've been feeling more and more is like it's it never really works out but also like it's it's hard uh it's hard to hold this position but like i've been finding that most things aren't as like binary as we think. It's not as extreme or like polarizing of like mm-hmm. no guns or all guns. It's like there has to be somewhere in between there. So many other things too. Like I think of cars, you know, like cars are like pretty sure like the most deadly, uh, like they yeah. kill the most people yeah. a year. I don't know. Don't quote us on that again. I'm just kind of anecdotally pulling that out of my head, but it doesn't mean like that we stop driving altogether or that we take away everyone's car or, um, but maybe there's some sort of happy medium where, you know, you get tested more often. You can only drive after you get your, you know, tests and you've got your license mm-hmm. and maybe you make cars safer, maybe make the roads safer with different, you know, procedures and lights and rules, et cetera. Um, so I always feel like, you know, things should be a little bit more like balanced and towards the middle. Um, but it's just so hard with guns because it's very literally life or death. Like a gun was created to kill someone Mm -hmm. i mean it's you can't avoid that yeah i mean i think uh kind of with anything like uh with weapons with cars you know um with like narcotics like anything that was you know initially designed or meant to be good like it's in our nature as humans to like pervert it and to find like the dark side or whatever like what's going to like kind of bring harm like that's kind of in our nature yeah um i don't can't remember where this was from but i read it somewhere where it was uh this guy kind of talking about like humans, like when they, you know, basically, basically kind of saying like, oh, you know what? I think it was in a movie and he, he was talking about like these people. <laughs> this is funny. Uh, they, it's like a sci-fi movie. So oh. like earth <laughs> kind of blows up, they get on a spaceship, oh, they go find a about. new planet. Uh, and he's there on a new planet. And basically they make the planet like better. Like they come and they see the issues and they use it for good and fix it. Dude, spoiler alert. Come Sorry. on. Sorry. But uh, the guy says, he was like, he's kind of telling like the story of how the planet evolved and whatever. And he was like, you know, 5,000 years ago, whatever humans came and like made this, made this place better doing what, doing what humans do. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Yeah. I do think like, think of like Earth, planet earth, right? Like we have like done a ton and there's a lot here that wasn't once here. So yeah, humans do like make things better and improve, but also like the opposite side of our nature is that we like, you know, use things up. We use up resources. We deteriorate. You know, we we find things that were good. And we make them, you know, bad with poor decisions and stuff like that. You yeah. Know? And so with anything, guns, like I said, narcotics, whatever, like it can be, it could be good. Yeah. And it's like right state, but we will find a way to uh, make it bad. And that yeah. kind of goes with anything. It's very true. Yeah. I want to correct one. I've been, I know that it'll eat me if I don't say it, but I, I said just a minute ago, like <laughs> guns were created to kill people. That's also not necessarily true. 
they're also made to kill animals or to you know for shooting practice but i would just say what i meant was that guns have more potential and are the primary tool to kill someone which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate but that's again that's just the reality of it um again going back down like from the surface level to like what's actually happening one of the other things that i don't think it's enough uh gets, gets talked about enough is the fact that a lot of um a lot of mass shootings especially get super highly publicized because why wouldn't they mm-hmm. right because it's breaking news and because these media organizations are going to get a ton of attention and because it's sort of business for them which is a whole nother story but then other people see this and they see those people getting attention and um there's been some some studies i might have some stats in here i, I can't remember if there were specifically um i'm sure we'll run across them if we do but it's uh I, i've heard before like for example when when suicides are published in the newspaper, for example, or when they were, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, that the, the likelihood of, um, someone or like from that city, basically the suicide rate would always go up every time a suicide was publicized. And so when people see it, then they see the attention and then they're more likely to do it. Same way with mass shootings. I think I've heard that before too, where every time there's a mass shooting, then there's always like one that follows, yeah. you know, a month or two after, or maybe like there is other attempts that follow. And there's always like kind of this spike or increase afterwards, mm-hmm. which is super unfortunate. Um, and so like, how do you stop people from publicizing it? Or like, how do you stop, uh, you know, there's a lot of like attention on like who was the shooter and like, how did it happen? And what mm-hmm. weapon were they using? When it's like, dude, what about the people who like died? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? What about the people? What about the families? What about the brothers, the sisters, the husbands, the kids, you know what I mean? Like no one ever talks about that. And that's super unfortunate. And I feel like that's another cause um, that's like highly preventable, you know? So I feel like I've kind of heard the opposite. I heard, um, or I think I read or heard recently about um, like people kind of criticizing why uh, shootings don't get more attention. Um, Mm. That's what what I heard. I don't know why someone would argue that, but I think the person was kind of like, you know, writing about saying like, no, this needs attention. It needs to be addressed and whatever. Um, and, I, and I think there was like a response. I think it was probably some forum I was reading, but there was a response in there of someone saying like, it, it, the more we bring this to light, the more we, you know, shed attention on it, then the more likely that it's going to encourage someone else to do it too. Kind of like you were saying, like another yeah. shooter to follow. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I had heard the opposite. So Yeah. I don't know what the right answer is there. Again, like there's probably, they're, they're probably both right, to be honest. Um, there's pros and cons to each. I think another thing to think about is like what, so the direct consequence of a shooting is obviously, you know, like lost lives and, you know, trauma and all that. But what about those that like, uh, were not involved, but saw on the news, like how does it affect them? Like psychologically and kind of in their head. Mm. Um, like I know Connie is like now is pretty afraid to be in like big, massive crowds. Yeah. When it gets um, to. She has like this irrational, like just like fear that random times will kind of like take over her and hit her. And we have to like walk out of some place because she's overwhelmed by like just the massive crowds and the loud noises and I'm sure that happens to like a lot of people, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's another like negative side, side effect. Yeah. Um, I've heard again through the Twitter sphere, uh, you know, a few people kind of complain, like, I can't believe that the world we live in today has to train kids, you know, how to duck and cover from gunfire or to do shooting drills or, um, you know, basically to like know what to do if that happens. It's like, you know, how did we get here? Like, this is, this sucks. This is unfortunate. Um, 
But again, that's very like surface level, like what's really driving this whole thing. Um, I want to, I want to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, just going through a couple of like the opposing sides of like, I guess like proposed solutions for these kind of symptoms. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know if we're really going to have an answer, but I just want to kind of like play through these. Uh, the first one obviously goes back to the constitution and this is where like a lot of the debate is around, um, for gun rights, people will say that the Second Amendment is not an unlimited right to own guns, um, whereas for gun control, people will say, you know, like, well, where do you uh, draw the line, right? So I think that there's some agreement there, and then you know, like, okay, well, random, I mean, random people, but, like, also just regular people can't own, like, a bazooka or a Gatling gun, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like extreme weapons, um, and I think that's, it's actually a pretty good argument for something like an automatic machine gun or a high magazine capacity, uh, high round capacity magazined um, weapon as well, where it's like, okay, maybe if, if we can both agree, like we're not going to outlaw all, all guns, but like also where do you draw the line? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that's a hard one because like, where do you, and how do you come to an agreement? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know how to answer that question, but um I think it's it's also a good place to start too of like even if we it's sort of like a agree to disagree a little bit of like compromise let's meet in the middle but like how do you even go about that that's a hard one well i, th- I think that uh y- it was an ex- exaggeration but like you can't own a bazooka like i think <laughs> lines are I- i'm pretty sure that's in place like you can't own, i think automatic weapons are there's definitely a- some illegal in several there, yeah. states and stuff like that um so i think that's kind of a starting place like you know you don't say all around like no weapons but uh you know you, there's you know stuff like that like you know whatever yeah there's like there's limits that that basically put boundaries around it um yeah i mean it's kind of like uh kind of like uh over-the-counter drugs right you know certain things that you can just purchase without a prescription excuse me and other drugs that you cannot right it's kind of same there's like a filter on it you don't just ban all drugs but you you know some things are easy to access some aren't so same with weapons yeah and I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but this goes back to what Lecrae said. He said, I've used guns, bought guns and owned guns, but if I had to give up that right to keep kids from, or to keep parents from warning their kids, um, I would. And part of the way that I've been thinking about it recently is like, let's say for example, that everyone wanted to outlaw a certain type of gun. I'm not going to be too specific because I think it's pretty relevant right now, but let's just say it was a specific type of gun, but there were still guns out in the world. If that was like, that's not the hill that I'm going to die on. I mean, I would gladly give that up to come to a compromise, uh, but also to appease some people, but also like just to see if it would work. You know what I mean? Like I'm down to friggin' try things at this point because it does suck that there's so much out there. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah, again, part of that is like, I don't know if a lot of people are willing to, to give that up. Mm-hmm. And let's say that the, 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 the boundary is drawn, the line is drawn somewhere. Um, and that that forces a lot of people to turn in their guns or makes their, their guns, some guns that they own illegal. Mm. Like, are they going to be okay with that? Are they not? And why wouldn't they be okay with that? Yeah. As you're talking, I never really thought about it, but I'm thinking now, like, I mean, how the you own a gun? Like how often do you actually like need that weapon? You know, I think it's like, the thought of like, I want, you know, I want to be able to protect my family and I want, yeah. you know, to kind of feel secure, but like 
the reality is how often are you actually like pulling that weapon out to use it to defend your family mm-hmm. probably not you're probably not doing that um so I, I think to answer your question or to go back to like why wouldn't someone be willing to try that i, I mean it has to just be like the, the idea of like less government you know the least amount of government control as possible is kind of, right. i think is the answer people don't i mean i and i agree with that like that's kind of my stance yeah i don't want you know, to be told what I can and can't own. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, why not try something new? I kind of get what you're saying. So. Yeah. Well, it's a good segue into the next kind of opposing arguments here around like, what would it do? Or what would, we, what would be some of the results that we might be able to see? Uh, the four gun rights side uh, would say that gun control laws do not deter crime. Gun ownership deters crime. Um, a study in applied economics letters found that assault weapons bans did not significantly affect murder rates at the state level and states with restrictions on the carrying of concealed weapons had a higher gun related murders um and so while gun ownership doubled in the 20th century the murder rate decreased and i think that you know this is one side i'll get to the other one in a second but like you said like how often do you really need it the answer is not really that much and i think both sides show this um, but also like, what are you willing to try? I think is another part of this too. So the opposing side would say more gun control laws would reduce gun deaths. There were, I think 572,000 and some odd total gun deaths between 1999 and 2016. Uh, there were 336,000 of those, uh, were suicides. 213 were homicides and 11,000 were unintentional or accidental deaths. 11,000. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so guns were the leading cause of death by homicide, 67% of all homicides, and by suicide, 51% of all suicides. Um, it's funny because even if you like were to look at these, you'd be like, they're not even talking about the same thing. Um, hmm. Gun control, it's like the opening sentences are, gun control laws do not deter crime. And then the next one says, more gun control, control laws would reduce gun deaths. Yeah. So deaths and crimes are, are very different things. Um, but I think that there's there's arguments for, for both of these. I mean, the reality is that there are a lot of gun deaths, 500,000 over, what is that, uh, 17 years. Um, and the vast majority of those were using a gun. Homicides. Yeah. Um, which is really unfortunate. Like, that's hard. So even looking at these arguments, it's like, okay, you can clearly see like the breakdown of communication between these two sides um another argument here really quickly uh for gun control rights says gun control laws would prevent citizens from uh protecting themselves like you said uh from foreign invaders that was kind of the argument the libertarian party stated a responsible well-armed and trained citizenry is the best protection against domestic crime and the threat of foreign invasion now the other side says High-capacity magazines should be banned because they too often turn murder into mass murder. Uh, A Mother Jones investigation found that high-capacity magazines were used in at least 50% of the 62 mass shootings between 1982 and 2012, uh, a 30-year span. When high-capacity magazines were used in mass shootings, the death rate rose 63% and the injury rate rose 156%. So again, we kind of have the same like thing, like pattern here of like, we're not exactly talking about the same thing. But also, I think this is a good point to make, which is one side says that um, gun control laws would prevent citizens from protecting themselves. And then the other sides will like, we're like, look, well, how are people supposed to protect themselves if they have uh, high capacity 
uh, gun being used against them. You know what I mean? Like it, it really wouldn't even help even if someone had a gun on them, mm-hmm. which is hard. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, and it's hard for me because like, I don't have it. I mean, I think to me, it's just kind of, it's obvious. Like, yeah, yes, if there's access to guns, there will be issues. But if you ban all the guns, like, that's not going to fix it. You know, that's kind of like my over with every argument, that's how I feel. Hmm. And so I, I get what you're saying. Like, I and I see the the difference in each of these, like, arguments and kind of the sides. But I don't know, kind of back to my original thought. That's how I feel. Yeah. Okay, well, let's keep rolling a couple yeah, through. So four gun control rights. Change my mind, Corey. Let's do it. That's right. Change my mind. Um, I'll talk to Monique after if that helps. Good, yeah. Um, says, gun control laws will not prevent criminals from obtaining guns or breaking laws. Of 62 mass shootings, so that same number, 49 of the shooters uh, used legally oh, obtained okay. guns between uh, 2005. I'm sorry, wait. Yeah, used legally. Okay. Uh, 1.4 million guns were stolen from U.S. homes during property crimes. Um and then the other side says guns are rarely used in self-defense of the 30 million violent crimes committed between 2007, 2011, 0.79% of victims protected themselves with a threat or the use of a firearm. So basically like people aren't using guns to defend themselves. In 2010, there were 230 justifiable homicides in which a private citizen used a firearm to kill a felon compared to 8,000 plus criminal gun homicides um, or just about 36 criminal homicides for every justifiable homicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the same thing. Like they're not really talking or touching on the same point. They're like, yeah, each, you know, each side of the argument right. is different. A little bit different. Um, but again, I, th- I think it's interesting. Like the, actually the more I look at this, the more I think like there's just like one is not right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're both right and wrong in different ways. Um, but I think it's really interesting. Like, Gun control laws will not prevent criminals from obtaining guns or breaking the laws. I think that that's very true um, from a lot of the gun mass shootings, especially usually um, the the person that gets the gun, like it was from like, you know, a neighbor, it was stolen or it was like their parents, you know what I mean? Or like they owned it, they bought it legally. They had no previous track record. Um, I'm pretty sure the Las Vegas shooter was like, a dad and like liked to gamble. He was like about to retire or something. Had no previous record of anything, and then just like opened fired on a, on a on a concert. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you could never see that, but like how do you prevent that from happening? You know what I mean? It seems yeah. like I think that's it's a very justifiable argument if you're like, look, there's nothing else we could do besides make that gun impossible to yeah. buy. No, that makes sense. Um, but I, I was gonna ask, and so I'm glad it kind of brought it up about. Um, like legal like legal owners of guns you know mm-hmm. and so that so that was my thought like a lot of these people that are committing the crimes probably don't own it don't do not own it like legally outright yeah and so it looks like 51 percent like don't own the gun right it, it was illegal how they acquired it right okay yeah which is interesting um let's go back to the uh like the government kind of side of things because that i think that's where you were like like my stance is still not changed well, change my mind I think how I feel is like, to me, it's very clear and obvious. The answer is like, okay, I guess, yeah, I, okay. You could 
Okay. <laughs> I understand both sides of the argument, like, like you're saying. Like, they yeah. both make like logical sense to me. What I'm saying is neither one will fix it. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. And so if yeah. you say like no guns, like people are still going to find ways to get their hands on guns and are still going to, you know, commit these crimes. It's going to happen. Hmm. And then um, like vice versa. If, if you have, if you enforce, if you uh, reinforce, you know, gun ownership, like this will probably continue to happen. So it's like either way, like I guess, yeah, they both make sense, but I don't think either one's going to solve the issue. Yeah. Yeah. That's my overall thought. Which I think many would agree with, and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. One of the things I struggle with is, is that exactly because um, one of the guys I follow, he said, most common questions I'm asked on gun control, why not ban the AR-15 and why not tougher laws? The hard truth, it is too late. Any laws made now are cosmetic. They only injure law-abiding citizens. Why? There are 393 million guns in the U.S., more than people. Uh, mm. And then he says, of those 393, sorry, of those 393 million, 15 million are AR-15s, which tells you some things. One, if gun owners were an issue, you would know it. So kind of going back to like the people side of things. Two, if AR-15 owners were an issue, you would know it. And three, you would only get back a fraction if you did a buyback, and those people were never in da- uh, were never a danger. Um, and then he says, That's four, really good point. guns would be stolen more frequently for sale on the black market. Um, so I know you want some laws to make you feel safer, but mm. that is all they will do. Uh, it's, it's about emotion, right? Mm. None of us want to be shot. That's a super good point. So it's hard, right? And that's, that's kind of where I am today is a little bit is like, no matter what, like you said, it's not going to really like fix anything right now because sort of the hard reality is it is a little bit too late. Mm-hmm. I think there would have to be like a really drastic measure of like, we're going to confiscate every yeah. single gun and then we're going to outlaw them. Uh, because I think that there's actually a really good argument to, to be made of if you outlawed guns, people aren't just going to turn them in. And then they're either going to well, be stolen or sold, which is even worse because then they're going into the wrong hands mm-hmm. no matter what. So uh, kind of like off a tangent, but I've been thinking about like, okay, because uh, I've been reading a lot about like self-driving cars, you know, coming soon. Yeah. Um, but how's that going to happen? Like how are you going to transition or like confiscate or remove like all personal vehicles and then swap it with like a grid or or a system of highways that are all self-driving cars that can communicate communicate to one another. Like yeah. how is that how is that going to like happen? Like what's that transition going to be like? Well, the answer is it has to make economic sense. Well, sure, let's say it makes sense, but I just mean like log- logistically, like how mm. are you going to convince people or you know or make laws to where you can't drive certain like how's that going to happen? How's that going? Because what what I've been reading about is basically. They're saying like in five to ten years, it's going to, going to be more difficult to have and afford your own car than it will be to like basically have like a self-driving car. Is kind of mm. what they're saying. And I'm just thinking like, how on earth is that going to like take place? Yeah. I, my mind, I can't wrap around that. And I think like kind of like a similar like comparison, like how how would you go and like remove every single gun that people yeah. own? Like how are you gonna? How is that gonna like logistically make sense? You know? Yeah. Um. Again, I think that's a little bit of like the harsh reality of like. I feel like that's almost an even scarier world to live in where like you just know that there's millions of guns out there, but that none of them are like registered yeah. and you don't know who owns them. You don't know where they are. I, I feel like I would almost rather or so. Okay. Jumping ahead a little bit, but um, like the way the self-driving cars is actually implemented in the world and it's actually happening. It, like let's take Tesla, for example, they're making self-driving cars 
not a, a requirement. They're making it a luxury. They're making it an incentive, right? It's a bonus. If your car drives for you, you don't have to drive mm-hmm. anymore. And so slowly it becomes cool. And then slowly also uh, the government incentivizes it in some way. So like Tesla owners get a tax break and they get, um, uh, what's it called? A, it's not a refund, but it's a, I forget, like a reimbursement a re- a basically. Yeah, a rebate. That's what it is. Um, and so uh, basically they're just enabling more Tesla owners, more automatic yeah, car okay. owners. Self-driving cars will become economically, it'll make more sense to own a self-driving car than maybe your own car. But with guns, how do you do that? I mean, a random thought I just had literally while we're talking is like a a gun alternative, you know, like some sort of like stunning bullet that like doesn't lethally harm you, but that still uh, is effective in defending yourself or that, um, you know, basically gets the same job done and then you can incentivize some sort of, yeah. of, you know, economic way of trading your gun and we will give you this replacement and or you know a, a tax rebate or or cash um obviously it happens really slowly uh mm-hmm. anyways that yeah. was just a thought okay. but that makes sense um Eddie, i mean that's super hard so okay so getting back to like the government issue the four gun rights people say gun control laws give too much power to the government and may result in government tyranny and the government taking away all guns from citizens now the opposing side says the Second Amendment was intended to protect the rights of militias to own guns, not the right of individuals. Now, this is something that I I don't know enough about, but I think that there's something to be said about the interpretation here is definitely very gray. And I think it maybe would be the wrong stance to take a really strong stance in mm-hmm. this. Because yeah. the reality is we don't really know the exact intentions of how they wrote this and what the word militia really meant, if they meant it for citizens or if they literally meant a military or you know government Mm -hmm. army essentially um but going back to like the source of this again too um to be honest i'm not really sure what people are super scared about of like government tyranny and i mean i don't know what i would do with a gun like even though there's so many of us i think what there's like 300 million uh citizens in america the argument is that if we don't have a gun, then we couldn't find a tyrannical government who would use military force against citizens. To be honest, I don't think that we would be that effective. <laughs> I think we would get freaking destroyed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I don't really, I mean, we unless we're like going up into the hills and we have like experienced people, we don't even stand a chance. Yeah. And so it's a little bit, uh, it just seems like a naive kind of stance. Well, it's to like take. a comfort thing, you know, it's yeah. like, I wasn't like I could fight if I wanted to. Yeah, like if I had a gun, then I could fight. If I don't have a gun, then I I can't fight if I wanted to. Kind of you know deal. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think the reality is, if you fought, you'd probably get demolished. Yeah. You know, doesn't. But on the other side too, it doesn't mean that you just like turn your belly over and let the government walk all over you and let them do anything to you. Like you have to take a stand somewhere. Um. But again, I don't I don't think there's like a super strong argument to be made on either mm-hmm. side. So like maybe that's not the hill that you die on that, that you want to fight for. Um, but here's the last one. Uh, four gun rights will say that gun control efforts have proved ineffective. So this is kind of getting back to this to the thing we we're just talking about. He says, according to a March 10th, 2016 Lancet study, most state level gun control laws do not reduce firearm death rates. And of 25 state laws, nine were associated with higher gun death rates. 
essentially saying laws don't stop people from from killing people mm-hmm. um and again i think that's like very like surface level symptoms on the other side we have uh gun control gun control people will say uh, countries with restrictive gun control laws have lower gun homicide and suicide rates than the united states both switzerland and finland which are the main anecdotal evidence here require gun owners to acquire licenses and pass background checks that include mental and criminal records among other restrictions and requirements and i think like these two right here really kind of solidify kind of the it's too late argument a little bit or at least that if something's to be done like it has to start now but that we're not going to see like the payoff for another i don't know 20 or 50 years you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's not going to be an, an immediate effect mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think with any like massive overhaul change like that's how it's going to be you know yeah. But also, like, yeah, I mean, both sides. Like, A, you know, it's it feels too late. Like, it feels like you can't kind of turn, turn the tide. And then B, like, if you can turn the tide, it's going to take a long time. Hmm. That's how it feels. Yeah. So, anyways, all that to say, I wanted to surface some of, like, the stats and also some of the opposing arguments, but also to show a little bit that, like, are really not on the same page. Like, either side is talking about two different issues here. Um and it, I think overall, like it sucks. And I want to come back so we can maybe circle back to what Lecrae said. He says, I'm going to risk being misunderstood here by being transparent. He said, I could have just posted a pray for hashtag, but I'm hoping to see the fruit of these prayers. Um, I'm really trying to wrap my head around what's happened. Uh, and then at the very end, right, he says, um, what's the solution? I don't think, I mean, obviously prayer is a part of that, but I think that, with prayer you need action Mm -hmm. right and like so what do you do and like what steps do you start taking what conversations do you you start having um Hmm. you know like basically what do you do about it because just praying like god works through people when people pray like god answers those prayers through other people normally right so like what are you really praying for is is the question especially for those families like yeah you're praying for comfort for those who lost yeah, you're praying for, you know, for our nation and our spiritual kind of state of being, but like also what are you praying, really praying for God to do? And I think that's just kind of what I've been challenged with. Yeah, I agree. I think it's good to talk about, because like I said, I've never, this is probably like the first and longest like debate or talk I've had about this. So yeah, I think it's good to talk about. So I think that's the starting place. Like talk about it um, with those around you and yeah, like more than praying, kind of like get involved. So yeah, talk about it and kind of figure out solutions and kind of you know work work from there. Yeah, um, that it. You good to wrap up? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll just end with this. I think here here's the place that I would that I would stand. Just and I'm I'm open to talking about this. I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, you can reach out to us on the social medias or you can email us at cultivatingcube.com. But here's here's all I would say is if I had a choice. Actually, one of the things that frustrates me a little bit about this whole issue is that it's become kind of like a Republican versus Democrat issue, which like, it's really not at all. People try to make it a little bit more about the government than maybe it should be. But here's what I would say. If I had a choice between gun rights and uh, like life rights for babies in the womb, I would give up guns every single day and take Mm -hmm. that chance. And so I think the question is just like, which hill do you die mm-hmm. on? And it's a question that we should all ask yeah. each other of like, where are our priorities at? 
to be honest, um, gun rights are not super high on my priority list. And, uh, but either way, it's good to have these kind of conversations and to think about it maybe on a, a little bit more spiritual level. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right. Well, we had, you had three more announcements. Yeah. You want to make? Yeah. Do you want to talk about any or all of them? Or you want me to just go for it? Go for it, Corey. Okay, cool. You're the closer. That's right. Put me in, coach. So <laughs> thanks for like, listening. He's uh, like Trevor Hoffman from <laughs> yeah. Padres. A little washed up, you know, but he gets the job That's done. That's right. So. The Hell's Bell song comes on. <laughs> like the, the gong that goes off. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we have three things we want to let you know about. One is we're working on some Cultivate and Keep merch. Uh, so we'd love to know if you're interested, also what you would want. We're going to work with someone on getting some stuff out there in the next a couple months or so. So if you're interested, please follow the link in the show notes. It's cultivateandkeep.com slash merch. Put your email address in there and we'll notify you when we have something in the works. Secondly is a 52-week-long journal and devotional that we're going to be putting together. Uh, we're thinking about putting together. And so um, this interests you or if you want to help us in making this, go to cultivateandkeep.com slash journal. That'll also be in the show notes. And third and finally, before we wrap up today, uh, we're also working on some sort of community, some way to get accountability, to get to know other people, to find um, community someplace online where you can be, uh, uh, I don't know, where you can be transparent, where you can be open, where you can discuss things like this, for example, um, with other people, other like-minded people, um, and also get some really practical videos and tutorials about life stuff. Um, go to cultivateandkeep.com slash community, put your email address in there. And um, we'll see you in the next one. Peace.